Welcome back to another episode of the New Era Nerds podcast, where we're going to be breaking down the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Here we talk about all things Marvel, Star Wars, and anything else in our nerd world that we have going on. I'm your host, Tommy, here with my longtime good friend, Logan, two fellow nerds at heart. And uh, like I said, we're breaking down Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three today. Uh, Logan, how you doing? What'd you think of the episode? Kick us Uh, off, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, It's good to be back here with you. Um, uh, We had a bombshell dropped on us um this uh this week in episode three of the falcon winter soldier miniseries um with uh io ao io how do you pronounce io okay i think it's ao i've I've been hearing ao okay we'll we'll say it's ao um you know she's she's back uh she's reunited with bucky who as we know spent a lot of time uh in wakanda uh recovering from his winter soldier um but that's the end of the episode there was a lot more that went on and i think um the overarching uh the overarching thing that i got from it is we have every reason to believe that uh baron zemo is great and johnny walker is bad would you agree yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce it officially that this is officially an anti-John Walker podcast. We hate him. He is an egotistical douchebag who seems to be the typical kid who, when you take his ball away, uh, he gets very angry. Or he's the kid who takes the ball and says, it's my ball. We're done playing. Uh, but in this case, it's the it's the Captain America shield and the Captain America title. Uh, he he wants to say, uh, do you know who I am? Who does he think he is? I am. Who do you think you are? <laughs> He's, I hate him. We're anti-John Walker. And we're pro-Zemo. Zemo broke the internet, busting a move. Who knew that being a big, bad, master manipulator supervillain, he likes to cut loose and rave a little bit. He gave us the little... <laughs> <laughs> he likes to have a good time. Yeah, Zemo loves nightclubs. So I that was it. that was cool. Uh no, overall, uh, again, good good episode. I think I liked this one a lot better than uh, the second one. Uh, probably maybe just a tad bit more than the first one. This is probably the best episode so far. Again, they keep building off and working on these themes. They're moving the story along quickly, uh, while at the same time still introducing new characters again, new storylines, and everything like that. Going forward, uh, I think they're going to continue to do this theme of when we first meet John Walker, we tried, they tried to, to humanize him, make us feel a little bit bad for him. But as we're going, we're starting to see his, his darker side and how he's going to start to resolve to illegal maneuvers and his darker tendencies, his anger to get his job done, which ultimately I think is what's going to create him to be uh, a villain, dark Captain America. I think eventually he's going to get his black suit and we're going to see him go full, fully off the rails. Uh, and then, like you said, the huge bombshell of the new character in here. It, there's a lot to unpack. It was an awesome episode. Uh, so, yeah, I thought I liked it. I liked it a lot. Absolutely. And I, and I love and I love, uh, you know, with Dark Tendencies, Bucky, uh, you know, when they're in Madripoor um, in that little red light district area and mm-hmm. Uh, Baron Zemo and Bucky are still having to pretend as though um, Bucky is still in Winter Soldier. Um, 
And when they get in that bar fight scene, you see that dark side of Bucky still seems to be there. I mean, I mean, would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do we want to do a, a little bit of a linear breakdown to get up to that point? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. So we start off the episode, uh, Bucky and Sam going into the prison to meet up with, of course, Zemo, which is pretty much right where they left us off from the last episode. Uh, Bucky says, hey, let me go in alone. You're an Avenger. He hates Avengers. Him and I have some history. It might be a little bit cooler if I go in. And Sam's like, no, no, dude, he, he messed with your head. We know that all the mind control has gone. Uh, but it was really cool to see uh, he walks in alone. Bucky does. And the first thing Zemo says, he starts saying the words, the mind control words from <laughs> Civil War, to get him to go all winter soldier mode. He's like, no, not there anymore. I'm all cool. He's like, yeah, I know. I just wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> just kind of like just still fucking with him, just doing his Zemo things. Uh, one thing really quick before I let you go on this was. This has kind of been a thing throughout this show, and I think it's only going to keep getting better. But the music, the oh, yeah. the scores that they are bringing in, they're bringing in those Winter Soldier, uh, those those scores and that music, the the howling noises, and we see it again, like you mentioned in the bar fight. But whenever there's those Winter Soldier vibes, you get that that howling music, and I just think that's oh, yeah. an awesome touch to this show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, like, you know, keeping with the linear is, uh, well, in keeping with linear, you know, how it, bro, you're breaking down the episode, we uh, then that we go with, you know, Zemo agrees to get broken out of prison. Uh, Bucky uh, develops this, I mean, genius plan to get him out. Um, still not, it does, it's not really revealed as to how uh, he got the, um, you know the piece of paper slipped into uh zemo's book but he somehow you know he asked him what book is he reading and um you know in that book there's instructions on how he's going to get out of the prison and it was you know it was very genius and so from there um you know kind of like i mentioned earlier they need to start figuring out who the flag smashers are and what everything is going on so they kind of mm -hmm. you know as they were originally planning they um they employed the help of, of Zemo, which was kind of against Sam's wishes. Um, you know, we saw um, when Bucky took uh, Sam to what we then found out was his, you know, his eccentric car museum where he had all of this, uh, where he had all of these weapons and cars hidden. Um, and then we, you know, obviously Zemo enters and Sam's co completely caught off guard. He's like, no, 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 we're not. Um, and so, you know, I thought that was really good. Um, so what, what, yeah. what do you, uh, what do you think about the return to Madripoor? I mean, you know, I, I think Madripoor is probably the coolest, you know, little city in the Marvel, uh, universes. It's just a lawless kind of, you know, the low town is the lawless mm -hmm. red light district. I mean, you know, how'd you feel about the return? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and again, just really quick, I just wanted to say that that sequence of Bucky's hypothetical explaining how they would break out Zemo <laughs> while it's actually happening, and then we find out he just went ahead and did it. That's an awesome tool to, in again, since this is a TV show, not a movie, a little less time, keep that story moving along. Uh, so that was really cool. I really liked that sequence. But yeah, we get to Majapur. They're going, he's going to help them figure out how they can find out where the Flag Smashers are, who they are, what they're doing, all that good stuff. Magipore, awesome, huge X-Men Easter egg. This is a city which is just a major, major hangout for X-Men and mutants in the comics. 
especially our man Wolverine. Uh, he has a lot of ties to here. Uh, like you said, it's just like a lawless land. Um, it actually, the bar they go to, it's called like the Screaming Ape or Screaming Chimps, something like that. We see that in the logo when they're walking up to it. We see this, uh, the monkey skulls on the wall. Uh, this is basically meant to be like the Moss Eisley Cantina of Star Wars, just totally ah. lawless. This is where all the bad, the baddest of the bad go and hang out. If you kill someone there, it's really, you know, not a big deal. It's just kind of whatever. <laughs> Leave that guy alone. Uh, so, yeah, they go there. They're getting information. We see someone notice them and kind of peek away. We find out who that is later. And then they get a really cool sequence of uh, they have to they have to be in these characters. They have to act. So it's kind of funny because Zemo acts Zemo. That's him. Bucky has to be the Winter Soldier, who he's been forever. And then they give Sam this role of the Smiling Tiger, which is so funny because it's just so not him and not who his personality is. Uh, so quick fun fact, the Smiling Tiger is actually uh, a villain in a lot of the X-Men comics. In the X-Men comics, he's a villain of uh, in one of the Civil War comics that the x-men actually have so mm -hmm. like the movie but just an x-men version um basically his parents are from Majapur and they raised him to be feral to just be this wild person uh eventually the power broker gives him some abilities like a super soldier serum type thing so i don't know if we're going to actually get that character but that was again another nod to the x-men which this episode was just filled with they go to the bar they're playing these characters and Sam, Smiling Tiger, has to do his regular. Oh, the bartender goes, oh, you, you want the regular? He's like, yeah, man, you know, you know me. Give, me. give me what I always get. And he pulls out this snake and just slices it open, puts some of its guts in a shot glass and like maybe like a, a shot of tequila or something in there to, to wash down the snake guts. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, man. <laughs> and Zemo's <laughs> looking at him like, yeah, this is this is exactly why you're this because you're the Avenger. I'm making you eat snake guts. I'm the master manipulator. I could have chosen anybody, but you're eating snake. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it's kind of funny. Uh, they have to stay their roles, and then we see uh, someone come up to Zemo, and they're like, "Hey, you know, you're you're not welcome here." And Zemo says, "Oh, well, maybe the power broker can come talk to me himself." And he's like, "Yeah, no, you got to get out." And then he says, "Like attack." winter soldier attack in russian and we get the the howling music instantly and bucky just goes full savage winter soldier mode just messes the entire bar up an awesome fight scene awesome sequence uh i was super happy to see that i always love i love the winter soldier so i i really love that uh that fight scene yeah absolutely um and then you know moving on from that bar um we get a reunion that i thought you know uh even to myself was a bit overshadowed by the end of the episode, but um, who do we run on, run into in Madripoor? Uh, none other than uh, Sharon Carter. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of get a reunion between Sam and Sharon and she is, <laughs> um, let's say not she's, happy. she's not so happy with them as, you know, she's been, uh, she's obviously banned from ever entering the United States again. She hasn't seen her talk to her parents. You know, she mentions in what what is, I believe, years. Um, and so, yeah, um, I'm a little less familiar with um, with her storyline. So could you could you fill me in there a little bit? But I do, you know, I, I recognize her from her time in S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Um, and I yeah. know, but uh, what's what you know? What's her 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 full background? I guess. Yeah, I mean, outside of the movies and the comics, again, we all know she's uh, she's Peggy Carter's great niece. Um, yeah, worked for Shield, everything like that. Helped Cap uh, Cap and Sam get out after they disobeyed the uh, the Sokovia Accords. Helped freed the Winter Soldier, all that stuff in Civil War. Uh, we never saw her after that. Um, obviously because she broke the Soviet Accords, the Sokovia, the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> They're not Soviets, damn it. Um, but yeah, so she's in Magipur. I'm also really not too familiar with this storyline of her either. Uh, so this is pretty new and fresh for me as well. Yeah. Uh, before we met her though, we did see them meet up with this, um, the, sort of like an information broker uh what was her name it was like co or seo or something um the the name is escaping me it's the it was the lady with the white hair but in the comics uh that's another x-men another mutant and it's a guy and his his ability is to uh communicate with computers like anything with computers he could just kind of yeah like he's basically a computer um so Another another character variation that we see, uh, but again, I don't think that was a mutant in the show. Just a little nod to the X Men. Uh, yeah. She finds out that they're 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 fake they're fake uh, they're they're spies or whatever. So they're not really there for the right reasons. She says, "Kill them." She gets sniped, and then we get an awesome John Wick style uh, <laughs> scene where, where the text goes out to all the bounty hunters in in Majapur. Yeah. Uh, hey, he's dead. Bounty on these guys' heads, and it's it was really cool. Like I said, John Wick style because the person who wrote the John Wick uh, movies was actually one of the writers for this episode. Oh, interesting. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, oh. so then uh, Sharon Carter kind of saves them, and they head over to her apartment where she fills them in with what's going on. She she knows she knows the name, and then that leads us into the party scene. The party she's hosting at her apartment. What'd you think of that party, man? Well, and you know, it's funny. It 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 cracked me up because what I would have thought, uh, you know, what, what a, where I thought she would have been would have been, you know, not necessarily living as well as she was, but you know, she was. She appears to be some eccentric, you know, uh, high art dealer um, in Madripoor mm-hmm. who has all oh, of these. Yeah. I think it was Van Gogh. I think that's who. Uh, you know, yeah. There was there's a Van Gogh. There yeah. was a Monet of the dancer. Um, but yeah, a lot of the world's most famous art. Yeah, exactly. And so you know, we see Sharon's you know doing very well for herself. Um, you know, despite being uh, banned from probably what I would imagine would be Sokovia in the United States. And, um, and, you know, uh, and, you know, before this party where Sharon kind of agrees to help them find, you know, another piece of the puzzle, um, we get uh, her and Sam kind of, or not kind of, but they make a deal um, that he's going to get her pardoned. Um, So, you know, Mm -hmm. we obviously know we're going to keep seeing Sharon throughout this because, uh, yeah. from, uh, okay. So remind me how to the, how do they get to the shipping container scene where they're, where they're going to the doctor or is that how is the party, how they find out where he is filming? Yeah. The party was, guess. yeah, she was, she had, she was having the party already. Uh, but then she, you know, worked her, right. her Sharon Carter magic and 
uh, was able to find out where exactly this Dr. Nagel was, which then takes us to the to the shipping crates. But yep. I'm not quite done talking about the party. I know we talked about it already, but yeah. Zemo busting the moves. <laughs> he looked loose, man. He looked he, lo- he, was, he was cutting loose. He was taking some some of those snake gut shots, and letting yeah, them just determine how his body moves. He was letting the liquor call the shots that absolutely. night. Absolutely. Zemo uh, was back in his rare form. He was back to being barren, you know. He was It gave me uh it gave me very uh Spider-Man 3 Toby Maguire dancing <laughs> in the piano bar vibes. That's just what he looked like to me. I got big but, Zoolander vibes, you know what I mean? The eccentric, <laughs> you know, uh, Eastern European rave yeah. scene. It just, it, he, he's awesome. And, and, uh, he could pull off blue steel for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we, you know, we get to see him as a human now, I would say, you know, in that, in the deeper mm-hmm. side of it is, you know, we're, we're learning who, who, you know, who the Baron Zemo is, um, he's, mm-hmm. you know, an eccentric Baron, you know, he's worth billions and billions of dollars and his power no, no knows no bounds. Um, so, you know, what we knew to him is, you know, what we knew of him being, you know, kind of the villain in Hydra, um, we now know has way more power than I would have honestly ever guessed. I mean, obviously I knew that he, he's, you know, he's pulling some, he's pulling some weight, but you know, he, he is, he is something else. He, he's good everywhere, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a little more on uh, Zemo being like funny and a little more humanized this episode. We kind of skipped over it, I think. Um, yeah. Cause this is on their way to, Magiport, but the the private jet scene where we have the whole sequence of him kind of explaining his his villain ethos to them and them just being like we still hate you he takes bucky's book he's like oh these names and then there's that really funny part where uh sam's like oh that was steve's book i told him to look up uh trouble man listen to that and bucky's like yeah i, I like 40s music and Zim- <laughs> there's a funny scene zemo's just like no, yeah, it beautifully explains the African-American experience. And Sam's just like, dude, what the fuck? He's like, you are way out of line, but but he's right. He's, <laughs> he's right. right. Yeah, he's got a point. Right. Uh, yeah, and yeah, we're, we're, getting, we're getting to, the, I guess we're seeing, you know, more forward, you know, thinking in Marvel movies now. We're getting to the point where, you know, well, and especially in, uh, in, in this series is, you know, we're getting, we're, we're seeing the black superhero experience experience. Now the woman superhero, super villain experience. You know, this is the first mm-hmm. time we've got uh, a main villain, you know, in a, in a show that's, that's female. Am I correct in saying that? Uh, for WandaVision? Oh yeah. Cause okay. So yeah. So we've got WandaVision who, and uh, you know, obviously um uh, Agatha is the is the main villain there. So yeah, we've got two series in a row now then where it's, you know, the the villain is a woman or, you know, I just I think that's I think that's super cool. It's just something different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think they're doing it really well. It doesn't it doesn't bug me by any means. I know yeah. there's always those there's always those losers on the internet that are like, "Oh, you're shoving it down our throats." It's like I I think they're doing a really good job of portraying it all. So I, it doesn't bug me at all i don't know i don't care yeah absolutely and we're getting you know we're getting a nod to isaiah bradley like we mentioned you know in the last episode um Mm -hmm. you know which actually brings us to the shipping containers yeah exactly so you know let's hear about that let's yeah yeah 
we'll get into that then. You know, what do you got to, what do you got for that? Uh, yeah. So they find out where Dr. Nagel, who uh, they find out he was the one making the super soldier serum. Uh, they find his hideout. They go in, interrogate him. Uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't recognize Sam, but then Sam turns him around and he sees Bucky and Zemo and he's just like, oh shit, <laughs> not these guys. <laughs> so he clearly knows who they are and that he probably doesn't have too much longer. He fills them in, says, you know, he, he was super close to, or he did uh, re-engineer the super soldier serum. He was blipped away. Uh, and then when he, when he came back, they didn't want to continue his work. Uh, the CIA didn't. So he ended up uh, teaming up with the power broker, mm -hmm. which we still don't know who they are. We have, we could talk theories later. Um, and he explained how they gave him uh, some more, some more blood samples from, you know, a U.S. prisoner who very obviously Isaiah Bradley. Yep. Um, and then he was able to perfect the super soldier serum. You don't need a big bulky machine to uh, give it to someone like we saw in Captain America. He said it's very subtle. You don't get big bulky people. Again, uh, Steve Rogers became an absolute unit. So he went from a real tiny little scrawny, scrawny bastard to, yeah. um, you know, who we know you know, as Chris Evans, who is a big, big old Jack, you know, uh, he's a suit. Yeah. He's a specimen, isn't he? So was Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. I was looking at some, some comic pictures. I mean, good oh. Lord, we should, we should have had those, you know, we should have, we should have used that less for war and more for Alabama football. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. If Nick Saban could get his hands on the serum, he would. <laughs> Nick Saban might be Hydra. Nick Saban's a power broker. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so uh, he explained how he was able to create uh, like 20 bottles of it or whatever. And we know that the uh, the Flag Smashers stole those. So we kind of figure out who who that text was from in the second episode uh, when they when she got the text. Um, you stole something from me. I'm going to kill you for it. We figure out that, OK, it's probably the super soldier serum. Uh, we know that eight of them are super soldiers. So that leaves us with 12 mystery bottles. We don't know where they are or if someone took them or anything like that. So again, we could talk theories down the road, but we know eight have been taken at least and that there's about 12 remaining. Uh, Zemo, once he hears that, he's like, that's all I needed, kills him. Uh, <laughs> then things, it hits the fan. They, someone hits his lab with an RPG. So that shit's gone. Uh, and then, like I said, all hell breaks loose and they need to, escape the uh escape the shipping crate field yep and sharon helps him get out of there um you know yeah. she we see her being a you know a total badass um and oh, yeah. you know we there there's a there's a moment there you know when they're trying to get out of the shipping yard where it looks like all hope is lost and then who shows up with his new well not new but you know his good old mask on um, and this mm -hmm. is this is the first time we ever see, you know, not ever, but this is the first time in the series we see him, uh, you know, Zemo put the mask on and do what Zemo does. And yeah, um, I just, yeah he's a total badass. And, you know, we can we can question his motives all day long, but he's helping the mm -hmm. right people. So it, yeah. you know, we'll find that out later. But as of right now, we just know that Zemo's helping. Yeah, there was a very cool shot of 
him walking on the top of the shipping crate, uh-huh. holding the mask down to the side. It was in the trailer too, but in the episode, he's walking with the his purple mask down to the side, and it it pretty much mirrors the opening of Batman: The Dark Knight when the ah. Joker's standing on the corner and holding the clown mask down to the side. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. I, no credit to me. I saw it online in a breakdown, <laughs> but it was cool. It totally was a mirror shot, just uh, similar type villains too. So that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, they're, they're geniusly both, you know, obviously the Joker and Zemo both brilliantly written, written um, antagonists in, you know, comic mm-hmm. book shows. So yeah, I, you know, it might've been, it might've been completely accidental, but it also could have been an homage. You know what I mean? Because as right. we know, the dark Knight is one of the best superhero series there is. I mean, we can't deny that as big of yeah. Marvel fans as we are, we're supposed to, Oh, we're supposed to hate DC. Uh, you know, I, I no, see it a little no. bit less those like things, that. Those movies are noted. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I, you know, I hope, so I hope, you know, if anything, it was just a little homage, you know, saying, you know, that's, that's one of the best villain shots and villain introductions in movie history, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I think it's a little, you know, not, you know, not at the tip of the cap, you know, Hey, you know, we realize real recognize real. Right. They used that, that Joker scene, that very opening scene of dark Knight. Uh, they played that clip, the bank robbery in in theaters as the trailer, just that like eight, 12 minute clip of the bank robbery. And I remember seeing it for like a in a trailer for another movie. But I was just like, holy shit, like <laughs> <laughs> what just happened that? So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, back to back to the show. <laughs> yeah uh so okay so we so okay so we leave uh we leave the shipping container what happens that what happened next? what happens next yeah. yeah so we leave the shipping container and uh our our good friend sharon carter leaves the shipping containers uh separately in a very sus fashion another lady pulls up in a car picks her up and she goes we've got a couple problems on our hand i'll tell you about them later mm-hmm. now again theories theories could go crazy i don't know what problem she's talking about she's talking about the flag smashers is she talking about falcon and bucky is she talking about zemo's just out and a free man right now so i don't know there's a lot of people skept uh speculating that she might be the power broker i don't think she is but it was very weird it was very weird uh sharon like we love you we know you worked with shield shout out aunt peggy you might be the original captain america's daughter that you made out with him we don't know we don't know but we love you but you're a little and, sus right now yeah you we know and, and, and as much up. as you've been, a, you've been a bad girl recently <laughs> as much as we want to question zemo's motives i think her motives you know uh are are just as much you know you know getting raked over the coals at the moment because you know we it's don't it's fair question right it's it's a very fair question what are her motives why is she why is she helping out but now why is she acting all sus so you know it's yeah she's we haven't seen the last of her obviously um oh yeah she's, she's coming back yeah but then uh they uh so so you know then they get out you know get out of madripoor um which mm-hmm. um which actually uh i kind of forgotten this kind of got lost on me but we uh it, w- it was in the trailer that they were in match going to madripoor now yeah we you and i kind of speculated if there was going to be uh any sort of you know wolverine um not necessarily a 
appearance because you know god rest his soul you know you know logan's dead right. uh so right. you know we didn't know if we were gonna see um we didn't know if we were gonna see marie mariko uh yeshi oh god uh, what was her wife's name yeshida yeshida um we didn't know if we were gonna see her but unfortunately we didn't get the we didn't get that you know the the Wolverine nod and I'm sure uh somebody's gonna be like well hold on in Madripoor you know you here's this you right. know, sign that uh that bids adieu to Wolverine and then you know and so I'd love right. to I'd we're love not to doing see. a frame by frame breakdown we're just gonna use the whole city <laughs> of Madripoor showing up as the big giant easter egg of yeah. the X-Men and Wolverine absolutely um yeah before we get to the kind of like the final closing scene of uh, Bucky, Sam, and Zemo's storyline. Uh, There's two other like subtle stories going on in the episode as well. Like we mentioned before, uh, John Walker, his they're they're keeping us up to date with what's going on with him, and as well as the Flag Smashers. So walk us, uh, go ahead, walk us through what's going on with with our uh, our hated boy Johnny Walker. Well, where is he during all of this? Um, hold on here. He's also um, trying to figure out who the flag smashers are. Yeah, so he's he's kind of you know, and we don't really spend much time with him, um, you know. So we don't really we we're not super sure of you know his. I'm not super sure of his whereabouts, but we do know he's mm-hmm. kind of on the same trail. Um, but right. it appears that Sam and Bucky are doing all of the heavy lifting and the dirty work. Um, you right. know what I mean? We so, know we know who shows up in the prison that Zemo is at after his escape. Uh, and that's when he's kind of like, obviously it was them like, screw this. I'm done with these protocols. And his, uh, his trusty sidekick Battlestar is like, whoa, man, I don't know. And you can see in his eyes, he's kind of like, no, we're, we're done. We're done going by the books. So, well, yeah. And, and, you know, that's where we leave with him. Understandably so, because I mean, if he is what he says he is and he's got America's best intentions in mind, then yeah, I mean, I guess, you know he's mm-hmm. gonna he's gonna start fighting dirty as you know as his competition i guess i i don't even you know it it, it really kind of just baffles me as to you know why he is he's not just on their side you know he knows he knows that falcon's an avenger he knows what bucky's capable of if he tried mm-hmm. if he tried to do anything they would kill him in a second unless there's some you know, unless John Walker has a dose of the super soldier serum that he took and is a super soldier, but it, it you know, from right. what we've seen, it definitely doesn't look like it. His fighting is lackluster um, when, you know, when dealing with an actual enemy that's not necessarily of this world or, you know, they are jacked up on super soldier, he gets his ass beat. So, you know, right. it's, it's just kind of like, I think, I think Bucky and Sam are so, unconcerned with with what he thinks it's just like Mm -hmm. he's you know he he they're in his you know they're in john walker's head you know constantly and he that's all he's worried about is why are they getting there first and and you just see bucky and sam so unworried about what he's doing um it's just it's almost comical because you know it's just they're they're playing chess and you've got john walker playing checkers so you know what do we see here you know from john walker i mean what do you think he brings to the table yeah i mean you kind of mentioned it like there's really nothing spectacular about him unless he's taken a super soldier serum 
Um, I say nothing spectacular, obviously, like, sure, he was chosen for a reason. But I mean, like, in the show, we're not seeing anything crazy out of him. Uh, but I know I mentioned last episode that in the comics, he actually gets powers and super soldier abilities from the power broker. So uh, we see him going down this line of, I'm going off the books. I'm going to do whatever I can do to get these flag smashers out of the way before Sam and Bucky do. I don't know. Maybe that leads him to to break away a little bit and reach out to the power breaker, power broker and meet up with him and maybe get his own dose of this serum. Um, he might already have it. I don't know. Like you said, he he really didn't show any major signs of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the helicopter had to take him to the fight. So uh yeah i don't know he's definitely like going down the path of like i'm gonna do whatever i have to do to to get this victory to show that i can be captain america and i think eventually it is gonna gonna bite him in the butt a little bit oh yeah Um, absolutely his ego yeah i i think he's gonna get some super soldier serum uh again there's still 12 out there so i think he's gonna he's gonna get selfish you know um and I think he's going to turn evil. Well, yeah. And <laughs> I think he's so, going to so, yeah. go off the wall, a wall. So we've got this race to the super soldier serum. Now we know, you know, I guess we know what the huge overarching conflict is, is. You right. Know, and we know what we, we know what our friends, Sam, Bucky and Zemo want to do with it. They want to get rid of it. Yeah. They don't want but, more of it. It's, it's already fallen in the wrong hands and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's already even, even Steve Rogers wasn't a big fan of, of the super soldier serum himself, you know, as we know right. in game, he, you know, he's done with living <laughs> he's lived for so long you know he's just like i'm so tired of being in this body i need to die uh yeah exactly so, yeah and we don't know the u.s government tends to not make the uh the best of decisions when it comes to these things they may get a little selfish dipping their toes in the water experimenting seeing what we could do with this and so does hydra oh, so yeah. again like pretty much as if it doesn't land in their hands People are just going to use it. People are going to take it <laughs> mm-hmm. and just keep making super soldiers. So yeah, they're really trying to put an end to it. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, keep going. Yeah, go for it. Um, so then, you know, a, another thing I wanted to kind of touch on briefly is we don't see a ton of this, the flag smashers. Uh, you know, we kind of get some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some dialogue That's I was going with. Oh, okay, cool. Same wavelength. I love it. Um, yep. you know, we kind of get, uh, we kind of get a peek into, you know, what made Carly and how she became who she was. We meet her, uh, you know, we get an actual conversation between her and her brother. I think his, her brother was already introduced in the episode prior, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we kind of see what her motives are and what she wants to do. Um, and yeah. which, which is, you know, kind of like we were talking in the last episode, she, she's got good intentions. You know, mm-hmm. she, she wants to radically, you know, help people. And if if disrupting the powers that be is how she's got to do it, then that's how she does it. Um, so yeah. there's it's, there's something almost honorable about, you know, her character and, you know, and what's what her big her big idea is, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we saw it. I think it was last episode. It, yeah, it was last episode. He goes, oh, they call you Robin Hood who obviously that story he takes from the rich gives to the poor. In this case, she's taking supplies, uh, food, medicine, things like that from big major organizations and specifically the one that we see uh, John Walker fighting for. 
um, and giving them to these to these holding camps for people uh, who came back from the blip, which is interesting because uh, her whole thing was like, oh, like they only care about the people that came back from the blip, not the people that that didn't get blipped. Yeah. But she's still looking out for everybody, which is pretty cool. Very, very honorable, uh, like you said. But we do see her start to to dip to that dark side, like we're seeing John Walker at the end. She she steals all the supplies, not all of it. I would assume I'm sure they leave some, but she's like, you had all this stored away like you had supplies for six months. Like we don't have anything for tomorrow. Um, they have those soldiers and workers tied up and then they're driving away and her her partner's like, oh, you're going to why aren't you in your car? She's like, no, just just drive, man. And the whole <laughs> building blows up and he's just like, what are you doing? And she's like. Hey, it's the only language they speak. It's uh, we got to start sending some messages. So, yeah, I, her original character arc it seemed to be very good and very honorable, and I think they did that on purpose to make us like them and not see them as maybe true villains. But I think now that they started to get us on her side a little bit and against John Walker, uh, I think they're gonna start to swing her the other way and make yeah. her a little bit more hated as we as we move forward. Well, she's the overarching villain, you know, you know, they've got to make her do some things that are, you know, that are going to swing us against against her because, you know, otherwise right. it'd be senseless violence on somebody who's just a freedom fighter, basically. Um, right. And so now we're seeing her kill uh, innocent people. And what yeah. uh, what compound what is that called? The global patriation patriotization patriotization patriotization. Council, it's a big one. The yeah, GPC the Global Patriotization Council, the GPC. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we get our first commercial, uh, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you know, it was like a total propaganda. Uh, it was very uh, WandaVision esque. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You know, with you know little underlying you know tones and stuff. And I thought, you know, I thought that was awesome that we got another. And 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 I think they're doing a really good job with these breaks in regularly scheduled programming with these uh, commercials that you know give you the overshadowing. You know you know what's what's going on in the episode and you know some underlying things that can be brief that can that you know could be uh that could be very complex and they could take a long time explaining them or they could show you a commercial that has almost nothing to do with the episode and you know kind of get you familiar with who the global repatriatization council is and you know what their deal is so um i think yep. they're gonna they're gonna pop up more um do you know anything other than you know outside of that um no not really they're just again created to help people that came back from the blip yep. um obviously john walker is working for them but like i said before i think we're gonna see him break away and start doing his own his own route going his own route uh not necessarily the legal route. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see more of them and that organization. Uh, let's get into the final scene, the big scene that everyone's talking about. And yep. we alluded to. Take so yeah, after, uh, after the shipping crates, we get the, the scene of Bucky, Sam and Zemo going in to meet their final lead. They're walking up to, to the building. They're in Eastern Europe. Uh, Zemo makes some comments about Sokovia uh, he mentioned how all the neighboring countries just totally ate it up, took took all the land and claimed it for themselves. Uh, 
but he mentions a, a monument, which we know we're going to visit. We saw it in the trailer, uh, so we'll get there eventually. And then Bucky goes, oh, like, I'm going to I'm just going to go for a walk. Sam's like, oh, you, you OK, dude? Like, I know you were you just went all winter soldier mode. Uh, <laughs> what, what's up? It's like, no, I'm good. I just just need to walk. So they go in and he picks up the beads. I forget the uh, the exact name of the beads, but they're they're from Wakanda. We see them all over Wakanda uh in the movies um we saw it in civil war um so yeah they're they're the bees that every wakanda citizen gets they're basically just super high powered high tech beads that really could do anything uh in black panther we see the fbi agent he gets shot in the back and they just shove one of these beads in there and it heals him uh <laughs> they have communication tech all sorts of things so really cool every every wakanda citizen actually has a custom specific design on their beads for them so it makes me wonder when when bucky starts picking these up and he's following the trail of them uh he sees the design on them obviously i wonder if he knows that it's that it's ao that's here uh but yeah he goes down that alley picks up another one he's like hey like you're gonna come out like i know you're here and then we see ao we get the the wakanda music which i absolutely love Badass. the the drums and the 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 female choir screaming not screaming but like chanting oh absolutely um, awesome music and we see ao and she goes i'm here for zemo <laughs> she's not asking <laughs> yeah. zemo she's not saying hey bucky what's up man uh Long can you give me zemo no i'm here for him baby <laughs> hand <laughs> him over right now um, and we know that these chicks do not mess around she's she's here for business yeah absolutely um, yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, super badass. We've got, you know, they obviously, like I mentioned in the top of the episode, uh, you know, her and Bucky obviously have some history together. Um, so I wonder, mm-hmm. I, I wonder at what point she, you know, she knew or Bucky knew to contact her. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, it just makes me wonder, you know, what's been going on in the background with Bucky because we know Bucky's not uh, bringing everything to the forefront, but yeah, I love it. I, I think it's awesome right. that we're getting, uh, you know, the Black Panthers finally, you know, reaching out into other things and not mm-hmm. necessarily the Black Panther, but that storyline and that arc is, you know, mm-hmm. is bleeding into uh, other, you know, other facets of the franchise and what, you know, what a better. Uh, what a better time than you know in a in a Captain America uh, arc, I guess, adjacent show. And so yeah, I thought right. I thought her her just she said one line, "I'm here for Zemo," and I got goosebumps. Yeah, um, yeah, literal, yeah, literal chill. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I think that pretty much uh, that pretty much covers the uh, episode. Other than mm-hmm. one thing, because I remember uh, circling back to uh, Wolverine and Madripoor. So uh, the Princess <laughs> okay. Bar is the bar that they go to. Actually, uh, Wolverine owned a had a silent partnership. Uh, ownership of that bar under his alias Patch. Uh, oh, okay. So okay. he—that's—that's cool. that's where a lot of him and uh, his cronies, you know, were up to their. Uh, I'm seeing in this this quote unquote espionage shenanigans on Den of the Geek. Uh, I just—I I just did a little bit of googling in the background, you know, uh, Wolverine, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and so yeah, the bar that they're in. Uh, Wolverine used to uh, have a little bit of an ownership in, and he that was a known hangout for him. 
So yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Closing thoughts on uh, episode three. Yeah, before we get into like the other topics of the episode, um, just the whole the whole AO tie-in. I think that was so out of left field. Like I right? honestly had no clue that that was coming. Um, and maybe we should have because in episode two we get the the comment from from Sam to Bucky. He goes, "Oh, you spent some time in Wakanda, and all of a sudden you're the White Panther." He goes, "No, I'm the White Wolf," which if we can get any tie-in back to Wakanda, get Bucky back to Wakanda, and have him actually become the White Wolf character, oh man, that's so cool because that character is so cool in the comics. Okay. Um, so that'd be really cool. Uh, also, like we know, the last we know about Zemo, he killed their who at the time was their king of Wakanda. So obviously, they're still pissed about that. I think it's going to be very similar to in the movie how they wanted Claw, and to do whatever they want to do with him, probably kill him. So obviously she's going to want to take Zemo back to Wakanda and, and kill him. Uh, I don't think this is going to be any setup for black Panther two. Just from a, from a standpoint of, they haven't really announced exactly what they're doing for T'Challa. They announced they're not going to recast him. So I doubt that they're going to say like, Oh, he's dead in this show. I think they'll save that for the movie just out of, you know, respect for oh, Chadwick and a proper send off. Um, so, yeah, but overall good episode. I think we're, we're definitely, again, I say this every week, but we're moving, we're moving through the story fast. We're, we hit the half point, the halfway point. Um, yeah. A uh, couple questions on the, on the episode. I know I mentioned it before. Let's talk about, uh, so yeah, that wraps up episode three, but then, questions that'll be answered going forward uh who is the power broker and where are these other 12 bottles of super soldier serum absolutely um yeah well and and i liked i liked your theory of of uh of sharon carter being the uh being the power broker i think that's fun might not hold any weight that's that's online i don't i don't think that oh okay gotcha gotcha i think that's that's fun realistic i think she might work for him oh yeah she knows who he is Without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I don't think he actually is him, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But I think, obviously, we're going to we're gonna find out. And, um, you know, this show just keeps on adding characters that are just, you know, mind-boggling proportions. And I think, you know, I think I'm, I'm super excited in the direction it's heading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really feels like, even though it's after Endgame, it really feels like it's just picking up right after Civil War. Oh, absolutely. It's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like the band is getting back together almost immediately. You know what I mean? It's, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, Power broker, some other things. Uh, Some people are saying it could be General Ross. Uh, That's another one that I don't think it's going to be. Um, I mentioned before, I think he's going to stick to his storyline of setting up the Thunderbolts, uh, who Zemo is a member of the Thunderbolts in a lot of the comic lines. Um, and also John Walker is on the Thunderbolts in a couple of storylines. So, you know, we're getting some of those characters in as well. So I don't think he's the power broker. Uh, my theory is that Zemo might be the power broker. Okay. Um, and he was just kind of moving things along while he was in prison. Uh, you know, cause people, big, big crime Lords, big kingpins have a way at doing that. Oh yeah. Um, so that's kind of my theory is that he's the power broker. But I think they kind of there's a hole in that because he was dealing super soldier stuff and 
Zemo hates that. So yeah, true. Probably true. not. Well, but you know, you know, Zemo doesn't appear to be one to turn his turn his back to a dollar sign. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I think that could, you know that might hold water, but it also could be somebody we've never met before could you know could be a yeah. mutant, could be um you know i think it'd be awesome to see it be a mutant um mm-hmm. yeah i i, yeah, I agree cool. i think i think we've got a lot of interesting questions that are going to be answered here in episode four um you know now that we're we've we've passed the mid-season finale i guess um and so we're gonna get we're it's gonna shift into the question answering mode uh which is yep. which i'm super excited to get into this week yeah, I'm ready for episode four. Bring on Friday. Yeah, bring it on, Marvel. Let's see what you got for us. Yes, um, speaking so, of that, what do you got for us? Loki. Okay. Yep. Trailer um, came. Loki. Take trailer, it away, Logan. Loki trailer came out today. We got the first look. Um, it will be premiering June 11th on Disney Plus. Uh, oh my God. Uh. uh so he starts out, he is, uh, you know, it kind of opens, the, the trailer opens, and we see him um, in the Time Variance Authority facility um, and being interviewed by Owen Wilson, which, awesome, awesome, I'm glad Owen Wilson is in it. Um, oh, yeah, he's going to kill that role. Yeah, he's just a sarcastic abs- guy. He's absolutely going to kill that role. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're kind of interviewing Loki um and you know they're like you said being in a sarcastic asshole way he's like asking loki so you think you're smart and all this stuff he's like yeah of course i'm smart drops right down into uh, another interview room where he says he says you know the guy's sitting there and he says please sign for everything you've ever said <laughs> um and so we yeah. kind of find out why um because you know the tesseract and it's um and it's all infinity stone abilities uh when loki was messing with it he was opening up different realities and you know a little bit more Mm -hmm. about the different realities so i'll let you take over here but we find out that loki's irresponsible wielding of the tesseract uh ended up creating a bunch of different realities so could you expand on that just a little bit yeah definitely so first of all this trailer was amazing go watch it right away um i think this is going to be my favorite show by far. Yeah. Uh, one, I love the character of Loki and I love the idea of the story that they're going to use. It's going to be a very Loki-esque uh, time traveling, uh, him having to help people. He doesn't want to help to get things that he wants to get free, uh, things like that. So it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really Loki at the core, his classic manipulative self. Again, this is this is Avengers one Loki. It's not yeah. Infinity War Loki. So this is still major villain. Like I'll work with Thanos if I have to. I just want to be the king somewhere. That's yeah. this Loki's mindset. So he's gonna do whatever he can to be a king somewhere. Uh, so he's gonna be doing some major manipulating. Well, uh, a couple of things. Yeah, go ahead. Kind of my thing is I think you know in this he's going obviously from what I could tell was that the overarching thing was, is they're going to try to get Loki to fix a lot of the issues that he uh, created and, you know, these breaks in the reality and breaks in timeline. Um, And so they're going to go through and be like, you, you created this. Now you need to fix it. So 
I guess my big, and I don't want to get into my theory, I guess this is just my guess as to what's going to happen is he's going to meet future Loki, um, or he's going to meet himself in a reality where he helped the Avengers but lived through Infinity War. Um, right. And he's going yeah, to there's going to be a bunch of versions in Loki, I think. Like a bunch of versions of himself in exactly. the show. So, you know, now... And then him interacting with them. Exactly. So what, you know, I guess my, 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 the question I'm super excited to ask is, you know, what is that going to do on pre-Infinity War Loki? How does that change the timeline if he meets future, future Loki that helped, or at least sees himself helping the Avengers and dying for them? Do you, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that it, it changes something in, you know, in that time, Loki pre-Infinity War Loki, where he was still, you know, uh, inherently bad. So, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm super excited to find that out. You know, how does it, how does it change him? You know what I mean? Cause it's, he's mm-hmm. going to go through a dynamic change in the show and to what capacity is, uh, is I guess what I'm asking. Right. Right. And I don't, again, we'll have to see the show to totally figure this out, but this is Avengers one. So obviously way, way before the timeline of even where we're at now. Um, so I don't know how much effect it'll have on like the movies and things like that going forward. And this also could just be like, a one season special. I don't True. think it's going to be a multi-season thing, um, but it could be. The uh, one, there's one shot that really kind of tells you what the show is going to be like and what we've been saying. And it's, it's like a river with a bunch of branch rivers yep. going off of it. And we hear Owen Wilson's character say, you know, you've, you've messed with the Tesseract. You've been playing with it. Uh, you've been screwing around and you've opened up all these other realities. So like you said, I think it's going to be him bouncing back and forth between all these different realities, trying to fix them, maybe even having to close them off and destroy them if he has to. Uh, so very cool. I think we're going to get a lot of uh, a lot of cool cameos and things like that. I think I think there was one shot where he was talking to Natasha, Black Widow. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I yeah, I think they're going to that show is going to be. Uh, I think that one's going to have the most surprises. So um, I'm super it, excited for that. It also looks like in one of those shots, he is in one of the, um, the wizard's dens from like Dr. Strange. What are the, what's the, uh, the, the sanctum, the sanctum. It looked like he was in the sanctum in New York city at one point, And it looked like it was mm-hmm. in rubble. Now that could be completely me projecting wanting doc more Dr. Strange as he is my favorite adventure. <laughs> that could be me just projecting, you know, saying, Oh, 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 oh Dr. Strange is coming. Dr. Strange is coming. Uh, but that was, that was one, you know, of the many scenes that they cut to, it looked like that could have possibly been one of them. And if it is, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see, you know, Dr. Stephen Strange have something to do with it because obviously we know he is the king of multi. He's another one of those guys who, exactly. who works with it. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I think this show is going to be really like the most shocking, most jaw-dropping moments for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be like almost like another WandaVision where it's, you know, we've get, we get all these shockers and, you know, we're on that. Yeah, I think it's going to be WandaVision like on the strongest steroids possible. Absolutely. And I am, I am absolutely here for it. Um, yeah. yeah, that I guess that was my big theory was, uh, I guess this, 
this genre of Marvel lends itself um, lends itself well to uh, Doctor Strange. So I think that's kind of why I was I was kind of I kind of want to hypothesize hypothesize that. And like I mentioned, you know, me projecting, you know, wanting my favorite guy, you know, front and center. So. Yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, do you have any theories that you know that you've seen anywhere and like to discuss? Um, we could do that. We'll we'll save that so I can actually go through the trailer a little bit more. Uh, watch it a little bit. We'll do that a little closer to the release date. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, cool. I mean that's that's all I had for Loki. Um, do you have any? Do you have anything else before we want to move on? I'm wrapped up on Marvel. Shall we uh, dip the toes in the Star Wars water really quick? Yeah, let's do it. Let's. Yeah, uh, you have a big announcement. And, you know, you. Uh, yeah, take it away. Yeah, cool. So uh, Disney Plus released a bunch of vintage Star Wars content. Um, I'm not very familiar. There's like three different Ewok movies, some animated, some live action. <laughs> uh, I, I've been watching them. They're super weird. They're super out there. Uh, <laughs> kind of just them being like, oh, this these Star Wars movies were huge hits. Let's make these. It was their first attempt at spinoffs. And yeah. essentially they were taking shit throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks it's almost funny it's almost like a comedy just these <laughs> movies with ewoks um it's definitely a good good watch if maybe you uh sit down and smoke a little herb or something put yourself in the mood uh it could be a funny watch if you're into it well I'll but the one that I, I actually do yeah no seriously uh that's probably the best way to watch these okay uh, the one the one that I really do enjoy, and it was one of the first Star Wars things that I ever watched, was the original Clone Wars. So it's a two-episode thing uh, between episode two and three, uh, an animated version, um, super early 2000s cartoon style, uh, almost like an anime style yeah. of the events, uh, Anakin becoming the Jedi Knight. Uh, you start to see his, his dips into the dark side and things like that. And... Honestly, it's really cool. I really like it. Okay. Uh, I believe technically, according to Star Wars, it's not canon. Um, it kind of lines up with things that we've seen in the animated series, the the uh, the, the new Clone Wars animated series. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, I just think it's really cool. I love the animation style. And I know that uh, in the future, Disney Plus is releasing uh, a show of Star Wars stories that are done in an anime style. Yes. Uh, so check this out. If you like this, uh, that might be a little bit uh, like a similar style to what's coming in the future. I think it's really cool. Uh, and I definitely suggest watching the Clone Wars one if you like the prequels. So yeah. that's my Star Wars news. If you want to talk about it, then go into yours. Yeah. Uh, well, and I will say I am super excited about you mentioned uh, Visions, um, the anime style. Uh <laughs> Star yep. Wars coming to Disney Plus in 2021. I am super, super excited about that because from what the rumors that I, from what I understand is it's, uh, is it's nine episodes, all different animation houses in Japan, all different, you know, directors, producers, all that stuff. So yeah, that's, that's, you know, of, of all of the Star Wars and Marvel content that you're just Star Wars, I guess that got dropped uh, after investor day. Um, I'm super, super excited about that one. I would say the most, but uh, moving along 
uh, some depressing news out of the Star Wars realm of being a nerd. Uh, if you are a fan of the Star Wars Lego Star Wars uh, video game series, you might know, uh, disappointingly, that they uh, canceled this release date uh, of March of spring 2021. Uh, the game keeps getting pushed back. Uh, it was originally set for uh, early holiday season of 2020. Uh, then was set to January 31st of 2021. And then that rolled around and then they said, oh, spring 2021. Um, and then, so now it is, it has no release date. Um, tough. It's tough. However, um, but my brother-in-law, who's currently in the other room right now, uh, he might hear me say this, but he mentioned, he brought up a very, very good point. Uh, so uh, are you familiar with the game Cyberpunk, the 2077 game? Yep. So we know how that turned out when they rushed it. They got rushed to release that game and it came out and people aren't playing it anymore. It was almost an unplayable video game. Some people got really into it. If you have the best computer known to man and on the market right now, you can play that game flawlessly, but that's about it. Um, right. And it's because they rushed that game. And this Lego Star Wars game, although it is a Lego, you know, uh, title, I, I'll go put, I'll put, you know, any Lego game up against any video game, period. But oh, yeah, the Lego um, games are awesome, they're amazing. Um, and but one thing is, you know, this is a this is an expansive, large game by Lego's, you know, video game standards. It's an open world game, but you can also play all nine Star Wars titles. And this is also the first Lego Star Wars uh, video game. Actually, it might be the first Lego video game in which the characters actually speak. Uh, it was originally, it was oh, all really? done. Yes, it was all done with subtitles. But from what I understand in the cutscenes I've seen in the trailer, I can't confirm nor deny this. But, and somebody correct me, uh, you know, if you're listening right now, uh, correct me. But I do believe that uh, this is the first Lego title where they actually speak in it. So I imagine that has something to do with it. There's going to be a lot of, um, you know, it being an open world game, there's going to be a lot of meaningless, useless dialogue that they have to load into the game. So um, that, right. that's, it, it, I'm disappointed, but I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm always a big fan, or not a big fan. Like it sucks when things like this get delayed. It sucks when, TV shows and movies that we really want to see get delayed. Uh, but I'm a big uh, supporter of if it's not ready, it's not ready. And that's why I've always had Marvel's back on delaying Black Widow. Yep. Because um, obviously we know that they're so meticulous on tying their stories together that they know what they're doing. And same case here, uh, Disney, Star Wars, Lego, just three absolute giant corporations yeah. uh, and properties. Like they know what they're doing. <laughs> they want it to be a good product. Uh, also, Star Wars just doesn't have a very good history of video games, except for the Lego games and like some of the original yeah. Battlefronts. Yeah. So they need a win. They need a win. Well, in exactly. The video and and I guess in kind of like you said, you have to, you have to understand the fine tooth comb that they are that they are brushing through this you know, this video game, it is an open world Star Wars game. They have to be so, so careful not to accidentally throw just the tiniest thing in a side mission that throws, you know, that makes no sense to the entire storyline. So, right. you know, it, it, 
I get it. You know what I mean? I understand. It is what it is. Right. We all wanted it, but we're not going to get it yet. So, you right. know, Lego and, Star Wars. Hey, you know, you're getting the new era nerds podcast like us saying, hey, it's OK. Take your time. Make sure the game is great before you release it. It's yep. OK. You're getting the NEN okay. go sign here. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's 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 all I really had. Um, you know, if. Uh, yeah, reach out, you know, let me know if I'm wrong about that. Those Lego Star Wars, uh, the. Uh, if you're listening, let me know if I'm wrong about the dialogue in the Lego Star Wars. But that's 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 what I remember reading. And I can, you know, again, I can understand why it's taken so long. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, reach out and let us know if we're wrong about anything. If yeah. we messed up anything in the episode, like I say, Soviet Accords all the time. Uh, you don't <laughs> have to let me know about that one. It's just accepted at this point. But really anything, any theories that we we get that you don't agree with or let us know theories that you want uh, to see or theories that you have. We'll, we'll credit you. Um, our Instagram and Twitter are at New Era Nerds Pod. The TikTok is at new underscore era underscore nerds uh i'm selling lego star wars things on there so that tiktok <laughs> popping off if you want to hop on and see if you can score any legos go there but yeah follow us comment on our posts dm us what you think if we messed anything up correct us all that uh show us some love we'll show you some love those accounts are growing we're posting we're posting on them so you get almost daily content on there too so yeah, give those a follow. Yeah, we'd love to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Um, and with that, uh, Tommy, are you ready to wrap the episode? I I am. Sign us off, Logan. Thanks right. for listening. Guys. Yeah, everybody, thanks for listening. Like Tommy said, uh, hit our socials, Instagram, New Era Nerds Pod. Twitter's the same. Uh, TikTok, New Underscore Era Underscore Nerds. Come chat with us. Come hang out with us. Ask us questions. Um, you know, that's you know that's how we build a community, and that's kind of what we want to do here uh, with this podcast is is to build a community and have a bunch more people to nerd out with, and uh, you know eventually you know maybe we bring somebody you know bring somebody else on you know to talk with us about some stuff who might have you know some expert expert insight on things you know that's it's you know obviously that i'm not foreshadowing anything that's going to happen but you know i think it would be cool to you know get you know outside opinions and that's that's all we want is is everybody else's opinion so yeah hit us hit us with follows on our socials um yeah like i said come chat with us um and with that we will go ahead and close the episode tommy it's been a pleasure love you buddy love you too